Shavua Tov Mevarach, Erev Shabbat Shalom, and Isru Hag Sameach. Mishnah Yomi continues today in the seventh chapter of Psachim, Mishnah Yud Gimel, Mishnah 13, finishing up chapter 7, Bezrat Hashem starting chapter 8. So here we are at Mishnah 13, Shtei Chavurut. There were two groups, Shaya Ochlot, Bavayit Echad. They were eating in the same house. Now, they're eating the same carbon Pesach, but they can choose to split off into two groups. Like you would understand, like a Pesach hotel situation where they might make one big carbon Pesach and then each table gets part of that carbon Pesach. They're allowed to do so. However, they don't want people from group A eating the portion from group B. So what do they do? The Mishnah says, Elu hochlin. So one group turns their heads to one side, meaning away from the other group, and they eat. And the other people turn their heads to the other side and they eat. So if everyone's facing their own table, no concern. And the hot water kettle is in the middle. So interestingly, they could use the same hot water kettle. And in this case, Barton explains, this was the one they used to dilute the wine. We know back then in Mishnaic times, the wine was very strong. It was customarily mixed with water. And in this case, it was mixed with warm water from a kettle. So they could use the same kettle for both groups. And when the waiter stood up to pour cups, meziga literally means mixing or diluting. So here it means he's pouring their wine. And again, they would mix the wine with some water. So kofitz at peeve, he would close up his mouth, and turn his head towards his own group, until he reaches his own group and eats. What's going on here is the waiter, they could hire one waiter to serve both groups, or to at least to pour the wine for both groups, even though he's in group A, he can also pour the wine for group B, as long as he keeps his mouth closed so he doesn't eat any of their Pesach while he's over there pouring her, pouring the wine for group B. And the mission ends off with a related halacha, Hakala, the bride who's just been married, she's Mazel Tov, they just got married heir of Pesach, and now they're enjoying Pesach Seder with the whole family, she's allowed to turn away turn her face away from people while she eats. Now, the reason she'd do this is because she's the center of attention. Everyone's looking at her, staring at her, glancing at her from time to time, and she's very self-conscious. So we're sensitive to this fact, and we allow her to sort of turn away from the crowd when she eats so they're not staring at her while she's chewing her carbon Pesach. And again, since, as we said at the beginning of this Mishnah, you're allowed to take one carbon Pesach and eat it in two groups. So even though the fact that she's turning away, she's kind of looking like her own separate group, that is still allowed for the purposes of her self-consciousness being a newlywed. Mazel tov, and on to chapter 8. Ha'isha, a woman, bizman baila. She's just been married and she's moved into her husband's house. Shochat aleha baila. Uh, so her husband slaughters a carbon Pesach with her in mind, with his bride's new bride as part of the group, and her father did the same thing. So which carbon Pesach should she eat from? Tochel Michel Bala. She should eat from the husband's carbon Pesach. And this is due to a general assumption that the woman is more likely to be eating with her husband and spending Yom Tov with her husband. Well, we see, that's not always the case. The mission continues, Halcha regel rishon lasod bevet aviha. What if the newlyweds go for the first holiday after they got married? They go to the in-laws. They go to her parents' house for Yantav. 
But even though they did so, her, her father's family is bringing a carbon Pesach, and the husband's family is also bringing a carbon Pesach. The husband has his own carbon Pesach. So, Shohat Aleha Aviha. So, her father slaughtered a carbon Pesach with her in mind, with her as part of the group. And so did the husband. So, now what does she eat from? She can eat the carbon Pesach she wants to eat from. However, she does need to specify which carbon Pesach she wants to be a part of. If she didn't say anything, then we don't really know if she'd rather be with the husband or rather be with the father, so she'd be stuck without a carbon Pesach. So she has to actually pick which one she wants. The Mishnah continues with a similar situation. Yatom, an orphan. Sheshachtu alav apotropsin. His plural of apotropos. Now, apotropos is a legal guardian or guardian ad litem, or the, basically the one who stepped up to take care of the orphan. And in this case, the orphan has more than one guardian that can help, you know, to share the burden. So the responsibility is not just on one person. And both of them slaughtered the carbon Pesach with this orphan in mind. So he gets to pick where he wants to go, but he can't pick both. Similarly, eved shtel shnei shutfin. What if there is an Evid Kanani and he has two masters? He works for two different guys. He can't eat from both of them. He can eat by one of them, but not by both of them. And how about the case, finally, someone's half a servant and half a free man. How does this work? So he had two masters he was working for, and one of them set free his half. So now this particular man, he's half an Evid Kanani who's Meshuba to work for the master, and he's half a completely free man. So the Mishnah says, Lo Yocho Michel Rabu. He can't eat from the carbon Pesach that belongs to the the one who's still he, the guy he still works for, because Lamaisa, that guy had only the half Avdus in mind, not the free half in mind. So if I recall correctly, in the Gemara, they say he could, at least they imply, he could bring his own carbon Pesach because actually the legal status of someone who's a chatzia ben chatzibin was a debate between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. And Beit Hillel said, listen, this guy's stuck because he can't marry a Shivcha Kananit. He can't marry a Bat Yisrael. He's stuck, so we force the, the second master to free his second half. So now he's entirely free and he can, Baruch Hashem, marry a, a normal Jewish girl and uh, then he'll pay off the debt later. He'll pay off what he'll pay off, but we force the the second guy to free his leftover half. And since that's the case, even though this guy's half Evid still, he's basically, he's going to be entirely freed. It's just a matter of going through the paperwork. So it, we would allow him, it seems, to bring his own carbon Pesach. And it's a pelletic thing to discuss the day after Pesach that yes, Jews had Evid Kanani, and it wasn't at all the same thing that they had in the United States in the South before the Civil War. It was a kinder and gentler form of servitude, but it was still a servitude. So it could be, there are some of our who suggest that only Am Yisrael, having just left Shibud Mitzrayim, they just left slavery in Egypt, they would have the sensitivity to respect human dignity, even though Lemaisa, they've hired someone, basically bought the right to his labor to work from the, for them as an evid in, in servitude. But that even, the, even so, they could still respect his inherent human dig dignity, having, as Amisrael had just gone through slavery. It's interesting, the first mitzvah we have in Mishpatim is about the Evid, though it's Evid Ivri in that case. So it's it's really, it's an interesting kind of clash of values. Uh, we don't have time for it now, so God willing, you get into it. Shabbat Shalom and Tizkulim Mitzvot.